I grew up in a family of six and absolutely adored my dad. I loved it when we would play together in the garden. When I was quite young, I realized that he didn't seem to replicate that love on the same level. He became very physically abusive towards everyone in the family and even towards our pets. I felt helpless as it continued to happen for years on end. I really felt unloved and rejected with no anchors of stability around me to keep me grounded. I wanted to be saved from my situation. When I was about 22, I found God and I thought that was it. I wouldn't have to face this anymore, but my suffering didn't come to an end. I was so used to it that I accepted the love I thought I deserved. Every day I was so fearful as I went from one abusive relationship to another and eventually my marriage. I thought I loved him, but I was so afraid of the times we were together because I'd often end up being kicked down the stairs. I was trapped because despite the abuse, I was more afraid of the thought of being vulnerable and without any kind of security. And I couldn't turn to the church because I didn't believe in God's love for me. Over the years, a few things happened within my family that impacted me even more. When my nieces were at school, they opened up about the abuse my dad had inflicted, which ended up in his arrest. This gave me the courage to speak up about my own experience. But my family just turned against me and threw me out. I tried to see my mum in the midst of this. But the way my dad had controlled her meant I never had the chance to see her before she died. I truly felt like there was nothing left for me. It took about 18 years for things to change. 18 years for me to finally be free. God started to place Christians back into my life. And I knew that now was the time to get out of this. I'd been quiet for too long. I plucked up the courage yet again to speak out, this time about my husband. He was arrested and ordered to stay away from me. And I came back to God and came back to church. I'm so grateful for that moment, because although it was difficult to delve into my past and reflect on the abuse in my life, I slowly began to feel God's love, see his grace and forgiveness. It was so important for me to establish that relationship because it meant I could finally forgive my dad just before he passed away. God's love for me changed the way I saw my dad, myself and others. He made it possible for me to reconnect with some of the family I thought had abandoned me. He was able to remind me of who I truly am as a daughter of God. What in your life would you like to see changed? Maybe like the story that we've just heard, there are big things, problematic things, relationships with others that are difficult for us. Maybe for you, it's more everyday things. If there are things that you can just, with a click of the fingers, just, it would be changed. What would it be? For any of us, I think we could come up with a fairly long list of things. Maybe it's just the everyday things. We just like a, a better job, perhaps. We just like more money in the bank account. Maybe it is our relationships. Maybe we'd like a better marriage, or we'd like to be married, or maybe we'd like our 
kids to listen to us for a change or maybe we want an opportunity, an opportunity to show the world what we can do. Maybe we just want a bit of peace and quiet or just want less stress in our life, an extra day at the weekend just to be still. Whatever it is, we, we can't help but think that, okay, things could be different. We are all aware of this gap between what our lives are like and what we would like them to be. And so every, everyone, we have a level of dissatisfaction with our lives. We, we can't help have that instinct. But different ones of us will respond to that gap in different ways. Some are very motivated, and very proactive. You kind of want to, right, here's where I want to be and this is my plan to get there. And I'm going to change things. I'm going to improve my life and these things are going to change. Other people are maybe more resigned. Well, it'd be nice if things were different, but, you know, what are you going to do? That's, that's life. Or maybe you used to be someone that's like, I'm going to change things. I'm going to change my life. But then you hit those disappointments. Things didn't turn out the way you wanted and now you're just more settled or jaded even, resigned to the way uh, things are. What about you then? If I said with this story series that we're doing, these next eight weeks, it can change your life. How do you respond to that? Do you say, yes, please, that's what I need. I, I need my life to change. Tell me how. Or are you there thinking, well, okay, yeah, right. I've heard these kind of promises before that things can change, but do they really? We just carry on through in our lives. Well, the book of Exodus, which is from the Old Testament of the Bible, really is a story about change. It's a story that describes a time in history, 3,000 years ago, where there's this group of people, this ethnic group called the Israelites, and they're in a very difficult place. They're, they're in slavery. They're enslaved by uh, the global superpower at the time, which was ancient Egypt. And the story of the Exodus is the story that God intervenes and writes a story with their lives and takes them from a place of slavery through a long journey through the wilderness towards the promised land where everything is going to be great. It's described as a land flowing with milk and honey. So obviously on the surface of it is a story of great change. They go from one place, Egypt, to another place, the promised land. And they go through different places on that journey. But before we really launch into the narrative of Exodus, what I want us to think about today is that actually this story is a story about the change that occurs within the people of Israel. You see, God does get involved in their lives and he takes them from one place to another, but he does it so that they, they change on the inside. The relationship that God establishes with them transforms them. And that's what we're going to see over these, over these weeks. And this is relevant to us because the story of Exodus gives us a kind of roadmap of the way that God can and does change us through Jesus Christ. You see, many of the events that take place in the story of Exodus are sort of pictures, visual representations of the things, the ways in which Jesus transforms us here and now in this very day. 
we're going to look at themes of you know, slavery to freedom and themes about forgiveness and God's provision and idolatry and worship. And, and through that, we're going to see the way that Jesus gets involved in our story and connects us to his story and brings about transformation. So we're going to listen to a passage from the Bible right now. And it's not actually from Exodus. We'll get to that next week. But we're just thinking in the big picture about this idea of transformation. So we're going to listen to this now from 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So that verse is about transformation. As we see Jesus more clearly, and that's what we're going to be doing over these weeks in Exodus, we are transformed by him, to become more like him. Now, I wonder when I asked that question at the beginning, you know, what in your life would you like to see changed? If you were to write down, if you were to sit down, write that list of the things that you'd like to see changed in your life, how many of those things would be external things? Things to do with your circumstance. I kind of listed a few at the beginning there. That's the way, well, if you're anything like me, that's the way we tend to think. Well, these things in my life, that relationship's difficult, that workplace thing's difficult, my bank balance is causing me stress, that's difficult. And so if I could just click my fingers or if God could just do it for me, those are the things I'd like to change. We tend not to think, well, the biggest problems in my life, the things that really need to change are me, my, my character. You know, what's, what's, what needs to change is I need to become more humble. Maybe if you said that in your list, great for you, you've, you've done really well there. But I think we point to other things external to us, probably before we point to ourselves, that we need to become more patient. The thing that really needs to change in my life is I need to be better at enduring suffering. No, if, if you're anything like me, you say, well, that's suffering. I don't like that. Get rid of that in my life. That would change. Rather than think of it in personal terms. We tend to look for the external things to change rather than the inner change. But there's really two ways of looking at these problems. Because if we said, well, the things external to us, circumstances, they changed. Well, okay, that difficulty could disappear from your life. But you know, how long would it be before another difficulty, another challenge comes along? And then that, we have to navigate that as well. So actually, if we were to change ourselves, if we were to go under, undergo transformation ourselves to better endure and navigate through these circumstances, wouldn't that be a better solution? When we look at the Bible and we think of these themes of change, that is really what God wants to speak to us about. You know, we might think, well, you know, my bank balance is causing me to be worried. Okay, but what about if change happened within us that caused us to be content with life and peace and had a source of that that was different from our external circumstances that we could be content whether we had much or we had little or maybe work's difficult for us or our kids just drive us up the wall and if they were they sort themselves out we would have a better life yeah okay 
But what about if we changed? What about if that transformation occurred in us? And actually, we could navigate those situations much better. We could have a source of peace and security in who we were that was not connected to the external circumstances. What about if that transformation could happen in us, that the things that we have experienced that are maybe really severe, maybe the mistakes of the past, or the abuse that we've suffered, or our parents divorcing, or whatever it is that has kind of cast a shadow over our lives and influenced the way we interact with others even today. What about if transformation happened within us that freed us from the bondage of that? That yes, it's part of our story, but doesn't define us. That we could know a different identity that comes upon us. This is the type of change that Jesus wants to speak to us about and the type of change that the Exodus story reveals. It's change that happens from the inside out. And it's not something we come across, I think, very often in the lives that we live. You know, we live in a society that very much wants to talk about change. It's talking about change all the time. But it's very quick to say, well, if your life is not working out, you need to change some things. And it's usually talking about those external things. If your job's not working out, just find a new job. If your career is not going well for you, well, there's loads of more careers. Just find the one that's right for you. If this relationship is not really suiting you right now, find a different relationship. These are the messages that we get sent. But we go from one thing to another looking for this sense of peace and joy and satisfaction in life. But these external things, we can change them and change them and change them, but they don't really bring that to us. Jesus wants to talk about a different type of change, a change that happens in our heart that brings us into a place of peace and joy and security and rest in relationship with him that even when the circumstances change they don't we're not dictated to by them that's the type of change that Jesus wants to talk about and can I suggest that even those of us who are Christians we often miss this I know I do Sometimes the things that we pray about to God actually just reflect our desire for God to change the external so our lives are a bit easier. Do you ever do this? Now, it's not wrong, and we encourage people to, in this church, pray for things that are difficult in life. You know, your ill health or a job situation or the, the challenges that you're facing. Bring them to God. Be persistent in prayer. That's good. But sometimes... We get stuck in those cycles. God, just change this, just change this, just change this. And not the change doesn't seem to happen, but we still keep pulling that lever. God, can you just change the circumstance? It's like perhaps, I think Joel's used this illustration before. You know, you go into a block of flats, you need to go up to the 12th floor, and you press the lift button, but the lift doesn't come down. So you press it again, it doesn't come down. And you press it, and you press it, and you press it. And it's not coming down, but the stairs are right there. But the stairs, that's a difficult journey. The stairs is uncomfortable. The stairs is tiring. The stairs is something we don't want to do. So we keep pressing the, pressing the button for the lift, even though it's not happening. And I think sometimes we can get stuck in the Christian life when we're asking God to change us. God, can you just change me? Can you just change the circumstance? And we're just waiting for God to sort of either zap us and make us different people or change that scenario rather than thinking, okay, well, if... God's not doing that. Maybe what God wants me to do is something else. Maybe there's a different journey of change that God wants to take us on. And I've had to reflect on this in my own life uh, over the last few years. 
there's been uh, several sort of sense of disappointment, been through grief. Uh, we've had challenges with money, challenges with housing. We've got young kids. That's a challenge as well. And there have been a number of times in my life I just prayed, God, can you just, why is life so hard? Can you just make things a little bit easier for me? You know, don't you love me? Don't you care about me? Why do I have to go through these difficult things all the time? God, what are you doing? I think over those, those, that kind of season, what I've learned is actually a better question to ask than, God, what are you doing? Is, God, what are you doing? How do you want to work in my life? Maybe that you're using the circumstance that I'm in to bring about inner transformation in me, the type that this Bible verse talks about. Transform to us to make us more like Jesus. And that sounds very good on paper, but if you're anything like me, sometimes you're just like, well, actually, I want God just to make my life easier. But God's goal seems to be make me more like Jesus. And have you ever come to that place where you realize, ah, oh, wait a minute, maybe my comfort isn't as high up God's priority list as it is on mine? It's, it's pretty high on mine. God, make my life easier. Just, that's what I want. But God seems to have a different goal when it comes to change in our lives. He wants us to make us more like Jesus. And actually, he's very prepared to use even difficult situations in life, the challenges that we face to bring about change in us that is degree by degree, glorious change into becoming like Jesus. And as difficult as that idea is, and maybe at first, God, why didn't you change this situation? Well, this is good news for us. Because actually becoming more and more like Jesus is what I was describing before. It helps us to navigate the worst type of scenarios because we do it with a relationship with God. You see, becoming more like Jesus, well, the Bible says in the presence of God where Jesus is, there's fullness of joy. It's not that God wants us to be miserable and just endure and stoically get through. No, no, Jesus wants us to change, to become more like him so we can access his peace and his joy and his dependence on the Father and being in step with the Spirit that brings life and joy to us so that we can navigate any and every season in relationship with him. That's the kind of transformation that God wants to talk to us about. And it's the kind of transformation that God brings about in the life of the people, uh, the Israelites, in the story of Exodus. You see, they, as we'll see next week, they start off in a very dark place, place of slavery. And we might think, well, God, he can do anything. So, right, if they're in slavery, he, if he cares about those people, chapter one, slavery. Chapter two, promised land. The end. God's just done it. He's taken. But what we'll see is God doesn't do that. He takes them on a journey. He takes them through many different scenarios because he wants to transform their hearts, because he wants to establish a deeper and deeper relationship with him. He wants to teach them some things. He wants to shape them to become more like him. And ultimately, that is for their good. But it's a journey that requires faith. It requires trust. It requires looking to God. And what it requires of them and what it requires from us if we're following Jesus in our lives is to recognize that this is the type of story that God writes with our lives. You see, when we think about our lives, we think about often in terms of, in terms of story. 
You know, if someone asks you, tell me about yourself, you would, you would tell them a story. It's not just like this happened, this happened, this happened. You would tell them about your experience. People, we're all, we're all meaning makers. We make sense of the things that happen to us. They're not just random things. This happened and this is how I felt. And so this is the decision that I made as a result. And we, get, we, we, ha we all have a story. But often, as I said, with our story, we think of it in terms of the external circumstances. This happened, and I did this, and that. And also, we think of ourselves as being the hero of the story. Well, it's a story that's about me. And of course, it is a, it, you know, our stories, we, we are right there in the middle of it. But the mistake can be when we come to Jesus is we think that, well, when I come to Jesus, well, Jesus comes in to be part of my story, and this taps into what I was saying before about, okay, well, Jesus, right, can you do this for me? I want to go here, so can you do this for me? And sometimes we just get stuck in the Christian life because Jesus doesn't seem to want to do the things that we want him to do. But what Exodus and many other places in the Bible teach us is that when we come to Jesus, it's not that he comes into our story, it's that we come into his story. And that is a fundamental shift in mindset, but it's also tremendously good news. Because what, it, what is the story that God is trying to write with his people? Well, again, this verse talks about it. It talks about transformation. As we see Jesus, we are transformed by him. And there's different stages in that. Anyone who has met Jesus, if you've become a Christian, whether that was a gradual process or that was a moment that you saw Jesus, you have been changed by him. When you come to Jesus for the first time, when you realize by the power of the Spirit, he's real, you kind of see him spiritually, you see him and you're changed. You'll experience that. Maybe your desires are different. Maybe there's things that you used to do that you just don't want to do anymore. Maybe your perspective, your whole outlook changes. You come into this relationship and there is fundamental change that happens. No one can truly meet Jesus and not be transformed by him. Jesus brings transformation to us. That happens at the beginning of our Christian life as we come to see Jesus. But also this verse talks about how we are being changed as we continue to see Jesus through our life by the power of the Spirit, this freedom bringing power of the Spirit comes to us and we go on changing. This is God's story in us. We are transformed and then we go on being transformed. And that continues and continues and continues through our life. And then in another passage in the Bible, 1 John 3, it says, when we see Jesus face to face, we will be like him. So actually, we saw him. We at the beginning of our Christian life, we saw Jesus and we were transformed in an instant. But also there's things that are not yet transformed, but they go on being transformed as we continue to see Jesus through the power of the Spirit in our lives and at the end of our lives, or Jesus comes again, we'll see him face to face. And that transformation will be complete. We'll become completely like him as we see him clearly. That is the process that God works on in our life. And that is good news. Because as I said, sometimes even as Christians, we can feel like we get stuck. We feel like, oh, well, change is not really happening. And what I talked about before, we just get resigned well, I used to make progress and things used to get better, but they're not really anymore. That's not what the Bible says. That's not what Jesus says. First Philippians 1 verse 6 says, if he started a good work in you, he's going to bring it to completion. The work of the Spirit in you, if you are a Christian, is ongoing. 
He is making you more and more like Jesus. That is what he's doing right now. Whatever's going on in your life, Jesus is at work in your life by the power of your spirit, by his spirit, to make you more like him. And we see, in the, for example, in the Exodus story, that sometimes it feels like we're in the wilderness and it sometimes feels like we're going round and round and round. But what we see is God is committed to that process of transformation. And maybe you need to be reminded today, the one thing you need to hear from this message is you may have given up on change in, your, in yourself, but God has not given up because God doesn't give up. He starts a work and he brings it to completion. If he's brought you to see Jesus, he is making you more like him and he is committed to that. He's not going to change course. In your brokenness, in your sin, in your habits of sin, we get stuck in, but Jesus is at work. And this is the reason that in our lives we can have hope. If it's just down to us to change ourselves, if God is sitting there with his arms folded and say, come on, I've shown you stuff, now you change, then we've not got much reason to hope. Because we know our weakness, we know our limitations, we're prone to sin, prone to wander away from God. If it's just left to that, we have no hope. But because Jesus is in our story, if we've come to him, if we've seen anything of him, he is at work in our lives by the power of, of his spirit to transform us and to change us. This is tremendously good news. One a, a quotation that I, I love from Tim Chester's book on this subject says, because of Jesus, you see, change is not just possible, it's inevitable. He has transformed you. He is carrying on that work of transformation and you will be transformed into the image of Jesus. That is what Jesus does. And that is, is his grace to us. He doesn't give up on us. We still fall, we still sin, we still get stuck, but he is at work. And so the question is, God, what are you doing in my life? How can I get on board with that? Maybe we think, well, my story is just about me getting stuck or I was abandoned or this abuse that I've suffered or I just mess up my own life. Okay, well, maybe that is part of your story. But the good news is with Jesus, those things don't define us. They don't define us. They're not the big word, the big title over our story. No, no. If, if you've come to Jesus, what's it about, your story? It's about Jesus transformed me, Jesus is transforming me, and Jesus will transform me. That's what's happening. Get on board with what Jesus is doing. You might be broken, you might be anxious, you might be worried, you might have made mistakes, but Jesus is transforming you. He has transformed you, he's ongoingly transforming you, and you will be transformed into his image. That is the journey that we are going on. And I want to say that at the outset, before we launch into the, the narrative of Exodus that we will do uh, next week, because it's important to get this in our heads. Actually, this is about change. This is about transformation. And I hope, my prayer this week has been that the Holy Spirit speaks to you even today and gives you some sense of hope that you can be and will be transformed by the power of Jesus even over these next eight weeks. And it is a journey. And it does take faith, but at the outset of this series, Jesus just wants to take us by the hand and say, come, I want to show you how I can bring about change in you. And this is the journey of faith. And there'll be ups and downs, and maybe we have to recognize our weakness and point out the areas that we need to change, that we didn't realize we need to change. But there is tremendous hope because God is at work.
Your change is not defined by you. It's defined by the power of Jesus, by his Holy Spirit in you. So are you ready for that kind of journey? Are you ready for that kind of adventure? This is what the invitation that God's come. Come and I'll show you. We can be changed by him. We will be transformed by him. That is what he is doing in us. Join us for this series over this next eight weeks and see what Jesus can do in your life.